0: The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Bills Dolphins on Sunday. I
1: don't think this is a Bills team that's scared of the Dolphins. We have a team that just dropped 70 points in an NFL game and they're
0: underdogs this week. The Bills defense is the hardest test for Miami, but
3: Miami's offense is the hardest test for Buffalo so far this season.
0: You know, another one of the good young quarterbacks in the league and it'll be a big challenge for us come Sunday.
3: If you can force him to come off his
1: first read and hold the ball, it's a totally different ball game. Mike Danger. Two is a record needle that's stuck in this groove right now. How do you jar him out of that groove? Make the record skip a beat. For everybody going to the game for Bills Mafia, where's your contract? <laughs> it's going to be on a, a good defense. It's going to be on the Bills to change that narrative and then capitalize on those mistakes. Hopefully you can do that. Gene Bateglia. Oh, Sabres Hockey. Oh, who cares? Thursday Night
0: Football. The NFC North Showdown between the Lions and Packers. Break. All-Star Ronald Acuna Jr. became the first 40-70 player in Major League Baseball history last night. The Cubs continue to suck after being good. And now Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck.
1: Are you going to stay up until 1 a.m. and watch the Ryder Cup? 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester, you're back in the sports bar. It's danger and Battaglia. Glad you're listening along at 95.7 FM, AM 950, or the free to download Odyssey app. We have our video stream up for you to check out at the Fan Rochester on YouTube and Twitch, gaining popularity. And by the way, if we get to a thousand combined subscribers on on those two platforms, uh, subscribers and followers, Gino and I will get on stage at a Friday football talk live and and sing "Into the Night" by Benny Mardones. Uh, that's a promise that you have uh, as Ooh. we try to build our community here. I. It, it would, the one in December is going to be fun.
0: That's going to be Kansas City week. Yeah. Well, what about then? Like, can we aim for that one? I mean, it's, it's a lofty
1: goal because yeah. you know I'm not going to lie to you and, and try to tell you that that things are going are moving at a at yeah. a, a, a rocket's pace right now. No, it's slow and steady wins the race. I mean, look, we're we're feeding content every day on YouTube and Twitch, and we appreciate you following along and telling your friends about the Sports Bar. You know, share the page, lend us a, a thumbs up. You know, subscribe, notifications, all of that stuff. Click on those uh, little buttons there on it's, YouTube, and, and we'll, you'll always know when we go live, and you'll always know when we upload new content. That's it. That's all we ask. It's, it's a free show, so that's all we ask. It's a vote.
0: Yeah. That's all it is. Just it. a vote. Just like it.
1: And, and every now and then, you know, if you follow us on X as well, we'll we'll share some of that content that we're sharing on YouTube and, and on Twitch, like yesterday, PJ giving us his Baltimore accent. I mean, that was an all-timer. But PJ not only taking the bait, but just swimming with it he just knew. yeah you went with machado and then you forgot about one soto you know when you when you <laughs> when you cast it out there and the fish <laughs> grabs the bait and it just starts swimming really fast and your drag on your on your on your reel just starts screaming that was pj when i fed him manny machado
0: yeah soto who's the shortstop there that moved to right field
1: fernando tatis
0: and what city do they play in san diego <laughs> He's we got to come up, yeah.
1: Well, now, now the task that's, is like that's, that's the
0: bar. Like, what do we come up with next week? Yeah, that's going to be a we tough use one. Bo
1: next, <laughs> <laughs> Thad Brown from News Eight Sports will be joining us here in uh, around twenty minutes or so. We'll talk some some Bills Dolphins and get Thad's keys to this game. And and we haven't really talked about which direction we're leaning because I don't know that you or I really have right now a definitive lean. I want to say that the Bills should be able to outduel the Dolphins, that the Bills' offense, when they're humming, should be able to move the ball effectively against the Dolphins' defense, and that the Bills' defense should, should be able to affect Tua in a hostile environment and continue to do what they've done to Miami, which is essentially own them. You, you know, the games have been competitive, but it's been the Bills getting the better of Miami, including two of three last year, and if if Josh Allen gets the win on Sunday... For his career against Miami, he will have beaten them nine times. I mean, that right there, sports bar karma dictates that the Bills will come away with a
0: win. That's the goodness. It should already be nine times. Remember the Charles Clay drop at the end? The thing I remember
1: about the Charles Clay play in that Dolphins game wasn't the actual drop as much as it was Brian Dayball on the (laughs) sideline, just collapsing forward and, like, one of those weeble wobble toys that you had for your kids, like, just, and then just kind of, like, weeble wobble back on his belly. Like, he just fell forward and then kind of leaned back, like, just collapsing because he had the play and it just wasn't quite executed. And maybe another player makes that play. Charles Clay wasn't the guy, but that was when you kind of knew like, all right, Josh Allen might be okay against these Miami dolphins long-term. Yeah. That's uh, I look, I will share tomorrow.
0: And it's one of those weeks where, you know, taking in all different accounts and everything else. But I, I do think though, It's on the Bills' offense to just play clock control. It's going to be a different sort of game. And that's what Sean McDermott is going to want. Can they just move the ball downfield? And when you do move the ball downfield, can you get sevens instead of threes? You don't have to overthink this, Danger. Really, that's what basically this comes down to. You know, don't settle for field goals. You know, certainly don't turn the ball over. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Why would you not settle for field goals? Because here in the sports bar, we like to engage from time to time in some hot kicker talk. And I don't know that there's anything hotter than having the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month on your roster. Mr. Automatic himself,
0: Tyler Bass. When was the last time we had a, oh my gosh, the Bills kicker blew it? There's probably that Monday night game against Seattle. Remember that wild one? What was <laughs> like that Houshka? Houshka and Richard Sherman and all that yeah, nonsense. Yeah, that's how yeah, long yeah. ago that was. Um, yeah, that you don't even have to worry. Oh, 50-plus yards, no worries. Yeah, Tyler Bass, that's the best compliment you can give Tyler Bass. He's like an official, okay? I don't think about the kicker. I don't think about officials. That means they're good.
1: Yeah. 7 for 7. He's been perfect. 7 for 7 on field goal attempts. 10 out of 10 on his extra points for through 3 weeks and getting that award uh, today, that recognition, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month, Bills kicker, Tyler Bass, which makes me a little bit nervous, to be honest with you, because now you know you have somebody automatic, so why would you have to... Why, why do you have to push it on fourth down? We can just take the points where we can get them. Take the, no, I'm with you. you got to get those 7 points, and you got to get them uh, as frequently as you can. Shall we get some takes here in the sports bar, Gino? Yeah. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, this this guy right here, me. This is me sweating through watching his favorite baseball team push for a wild card. My Cubs—they dropped another one to Atlanta. They gave up another they, lead they, last timeout. They had a nice lead. They were up three nothing. Italians two on nights the mound. in a row, yep. man. Two nights in a row, and this doesn't look like a team that deserves to be in the playoffs. When you give up these leads, I know that the Braves are good. Their season right now is going to come down to a series against the Brewers. Well, the team that they're tied with for the final wild card spot in Miami. And well, they've got a series with Pittsburgh. How am I feeling right about now? I, yeah. No, nah, I'm not doing too good. Not great, Bob. Right. So I'm not liking our chances. How much of a choke job would it be for the Cubs to miss out on the postseason? Gino? At one point this season, the Cubs were minus 1,600 to make the playoffs, a 94% chance to make the postseason. Now, they're minus 300 to minus 350, depending on where you look, to miss the playoffs.
0: Okay, let me kind of point out there's another pathway to, okay? You don't have to worry about the Marlins. It's called the Diamondbacks. And the irony irony is your White Sox – not your White Sox personally, but the White Sox might be doing you a favor here. They're leading 3 1 in the seventh. If Arizona falls, that would be a game and a half. All right. And then if the Cubs win tonight, that's only down to a game. And who does Arizona get the last week? Ha ha. They get Houston. Houston, they're fighting for a playoff position. They don't have anything locked up. They've got to put away Seattle. And maybe Houston can sneak in as the division winner. So to me, if you end up the end of tonight, just a game back at Arizona.
1: I think you'll be okay. You're let- a good friend for trying to prop me up, Gino, but I don't know that this makes me feel any better. I mean, I, you know, I'd rather they have control of their own destiny and not feeling good, knowing that they've got a series against the Brewers coming up in order to get in, and they need other things to happen, like Pittsburgh all of a sudden being good enough to beat Miami. And they sh- Pittsburgh has had their moments this season, obviously that hot start that they got off to this year. But I ain't feeling great. The good news for me is at least I can root for the bear. No. You got the kid with Blackhawks, I guess. (sighs) Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a long, long, long season. This is uh, is going to be tough. So I'm pulling for the Cubs, hoping that they make it in, hoping that they make me right because I predicted that they would be a postseason team way early. But here we are, and they're choking it away. I don't like what I'm saying. What do you got, Gino? Did Josh McDaniels kill Aaron Hernandez? Wow.
0: That's the allegation from Chandler Jones. Wow. Chandler Jones. Now, was Chandler Jones a Patriot? Yeah. Yeah. At that time? Correct. Chandler Jones was like the heartbeat of defensive line. So he's been in the league since 2012. Now, if you're not familiar with Chandler Jones... Syracuse, then went to Arizona. I remember like when he went to Arizona, we were talking about, oh, wow, this would be a good fit for Buffalo. No, he went to Arizona now with the Raiders, and he hasn't played at all this year. And the circumstances around him not playing, very, very mysterious. But now I think we're kind of getting a picture here of a man that has – not talking about McDaniels, I'm talking about Chandler Jones, some serious, serious issues. And it was on full display. He put it on Instagram Live that, all right, you can't delete that. It's out there forever, the people that have the recording. And in it, he accuses in this rant, and he's crying. He's going on and on, talking in circles. He says, y'all don't know what Josh McDaniels really did to Aaron Hernandez. Y'all thought Aaron Hernandez killed himself in jail. And he starts crying, and then the stream cuts off. Okay,
1: this is what I, I'm really worried about—the conclusion to the story. And I, the it, stream cuts off. But did he accuse Josh McDaniels of what ordering a hit on on Aaron Hernandez?
0: Well, that's what he's implying. And he's also saying, "I'm sane. I just want to play for the Raiders." I think that ship has sailed. I'm asking the question <laughs> honestly here. Okay. Don't they have mental health arrest? Why isn't this man in a facility? Somebody, that that video alone should be like, okay, you need help. What is the NFLPA doing at this point? What are the Raiders doing at this point? How does this story
1: end? And I think it's actually pretty scary, Danger. Did the Raiders, because the only bit of this, I've been trying, I've been seeing little things cross my feed, but I haven't, Taking a deep dive into what actually is going on, but he, he at one point said that he was hospitalized for no reason, or he says he was in a mental health facility and injected with something against his will. So did the Raiders suggest that, or was that something that family and friends suggested for Chandler Jones? Because I I'm with you more than anything. Let's get him the help that he needs because it doesn't seem like, like he's right at this very moment. And if you did want to come back to play for the Raiders, if that's all you wanted to do, accusing your head coach of murdering somebody isn't a way to get back on the field. No, that would be
0: kind of. And, and I don't know, like, how Josh McDaniels, what did he, did he
1: order the hit in prison? Like, what, what? <laughs> Can you imagine Josh McDaniels having that kind of pull, like making the phone call and, and, you know, having the connections with the, the kind of criminals that would do such a thing. It's a hard sell for me. I. It's a hard thing for me to to a hard rabbit hole for me to go down. I just hope Chandler Jones gets his help. I. Yeah.
0: Th- you know, like I. I don't even know why you would jump to that conclusion and why Aaron Hernandez would be on his mind unless Chandler Jones has these really bad thoughts and that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. He's never playing for the Raiders again after
1: this. Obviously. No, I don't think he's playing again. And may- maybe part of this also it could be. Hey, I know I'm at the end of my career. What else do I have? This is all I know. This is it, it's the sad tale that we we hear about from NFL players from time to time, and, and certainly CTE might be a part of that. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just hoping that he gets the help that he needs. If he is mentally unwell, that that somebody close to him, family, friends, or anybody within the Raiders organization does the right thing and and gets him help. It's bigger than football. It's a hard thing to tell somebody that it's bigger than football when all you know is football and I'm worried that that's where he's at. All I know is football. Yeah, I'm just worried. How how, how does the story actually end? Does he get the help he
0: needs? I mean, like, the closest Bill story we had to this
1: was the behavior of Richie Incognito yep. after he left the team. Where he's- we had a few guys during that era that were – Cyrus Quanjo went, oh. went a little crazy. Remember that? Yeah. Out in the field without his pants or something. <laughs> it was, that was one that I remember talking about. <sighs> and, of about. course, you have the Zay
0: Jones, but I don't know if those were actually – kind of suspected CTE issues. Those yeah, are
1: just, just yeah, you know, just bizarre behavior. And you just hope that they get the help that they need. It's, you know, got like Zay Jones. I mean, it's nice to see that he's kind of resurrected his career somewhat in Jacksonville and, and done all right for himself because he was in a real dark place there for a while. It was a real dark place where we were saying the same thing about Zay Jones. Yeah, we're saying the same thing about Zay Jones then as we're saying about Chandler Jones now, man, I hope he gets the help he needs. I think those are two different stories. I think that
0: when you look at that video, that was Zay Jones on a horrible trip from making a bad choice of whatever he took that night, and a lot of people have said that it's synthetic marijuana, allegedly. This is Chandler Jones repeated, not just this morning. This is over the last month, last month. Now, there's a report that the NFLPA is reaching out to Chandler Jones, trying, but you got to be more forceful at this point. Diplomacy is not working. Somebody has
1: to make a mental health arrest here. If you've watched any bit of the NFL, then you've likely seen this reinstated play, the tush push. It's the play where the players are now allowed to push the quarterback from behind in short yardage situations, and it's virtually impossible to defend if it's executed properly, or, or is it? Because the team that seems to have it down to a science, that's Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, but if if the play was banned, as many wish it was wouldn't the Eagles still be effective at gaining that short distance with their quarterback? I I believe with the tush push, whether you have it or not, if you have a competent quarterback and you have a cohesive and effective offensive line, you're converting whether you got somebody pushing behind you or not. The Eagles, certainly the bills, the chiefs, these are teams right now that don't care if that play gets banned from the NFL rule book.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on this one, but how it, there's Tom Brady all those years. That was such an easy like, okay, it's fourth and one. Oh, that's where you're lining up the tackle. Then I'm going to lean, lean forward. forward. So, so how is that? Like if you if you've earned the position to earn third and short or fourth and short, then you're posing defense. Don't let it get to that point. Right.
1: Right. So if it, if it's now, if it's a safety issue, that's one thing. This isn't a safety issue, right? The play itself. I, it doesn't bother me. It's almost like an automatic. But honestly, if you're a team with a good quarterback, like the Eagles are, you don't need the tush push. If that play was gone, they would still convert on short yardage situations. Josh Allen, assuming he holds to the snap, can oh. convert in oh. short yardage oh. situations. Oh. It's true, man. I mean, yeah, look, it I'm, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's he's had those situations, but you it, you think that if you're a big quarterback behind a cohesive offensive line, an athletic quarterback behind a cohesive offensive offensive line, that tush push or not, you're gaining that yardage. So I, I, I just think that uh, for all the people that want to see that play banned, it's fine if your team is able to actually convert on third and short. I'm looking at you, Chargers bonus uh, take here, Danger,
0: as it's not going to be Fred Jackson as uh, the leader of the charge. And this has become a story now after
1: Tequio Spikes kind of said, hey, look at these seats. You look can't at get else. any actual legends to do it. Who are they bringing in? Are they bringing in Cyrus Quanjo? Cyrus Quanjo, our legend of the game. <laughs> Somebody we know won't complain about his seats or how we treat him. Uh, who's the other one? Santru- Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson is our legend of the game, everybody. Welcome back to Buffalo, Chantrell. Enjoy your crappy (laughs) obstructed view seats in the suites. Like, honestly, like we joke about that player who never played a regular season game. It's Christian Wade, everybody. Christian Wade is back, everybody. He is back for the legends of the game to lead the charge. Who's coming back? Drew is coming back.
0: Former Buffalo Bills quarterback who. I don't know. When you think of Drew Bledsoe, he's probably more known for being a patriot than being a Buffalo Bill. And uh he began actually kind of like the drought era of Buffalo Bills football. And there was some entertaining games, but in the end, Bledsoe, you know, those teams always fell short. But here's why I don't trust Blue Drew Bledsoe. You know what he's doing now? He's a wine guy. He is. Big wine guy. Big wine guy. And this winery, it's it's priced out of Reach for you and I, danger. There's no box wine.
1: Here. Oh no, bo- he doesn't do any box. No, this. Case is not- Keenum does some boxed wines. Why? Why can't Drew Bledsoe do some boxed wines? What's going on? There here? is there is nothing. I mean, he's got his own merch here. Okay, good. Yeah, know, yeah, like every could, every yeah. X player should have their
0: own. Yeah, merch. like a corkscrew. You can buy a Drew Bledsoe corkscrew for fifteen. What bucks. is the
1: name of his winery? The name of his uh, vintage? It's uh, just Bledsoe Family Winery. Bledsoe so, Family yeah. Winery. And uh, the the bottles are being priced at what? Do we have it? Do we know? Uh, no, because I don't know if they can ship in Wisconsin, but I do know oh, they don't. They're based do in yeah. Wisconsin?
0: Excuse me. <laughs> Washington.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he's in Washington State, Washington, Washington State, State Vineyard. Yeah. I mean, if you're telling me that it's a $20 bottle of wine, I'm saying, okay, good for Drew Bledsoe. If you're telling me that he's pricing his bottles at like 80 bucks to 120 bucks a bottle, it's like, okay, Drew, come on. Is it really that good? Is it really, really that good? Gene's doing the Google search here to see uh, if we uh, can get a hear price. That, doing that. Little price uh, check on uh, Blood So Vineyards. The family red wine. Now, this
0: isn't family, sixty-seven hundred and three bucks the average sale.
1: I'm Out of so, our price uh, range, when you're used to drinking uh, the the bottle box, box, 103. Yeah. Come on. I'm I'm used to paying twenty bucks for that bottle box that Gene turned me on to that I can uh, you know I can save her through the course of thirty days. You're telling me I got to spend 160 bucks on a bottle of what? Get out of here! See, what, no, what do I, I don't care.
0: I don't care. Like you know, you're going to a tailgate. Do you really need that's 49er tailgate action? There, I'm not Sharded. bringing wine to a tailgate. No, no. But if you were, you were going to bring a box. If you're going to the, the 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 cottage for the week, you're bringing a box.
1: If if I'm going to the cottage for the week, I'm bringing a bottle. If I'm bringing wine to a tailgate, I'm not. End of story. I'm not bringing a box. I'm not bringing a bottle. Not to a tailgate, no way. I'll let somebody else do that if they want to. If they, if it's that important to them, or they believe that they have the the perfect pairing. Like what what goes good with a Pinot Noir? Fritos and chili. Uh, what you know? What else? What else are we serving at the tailgate? Oh, does the the Pinot Noir go good with pulled pork sandwiches? Tell me. I, I'm drinking beer. I'm drinking beer at the tailgate. Somebody else can bring the bottle of wine or the box of wine. Gino, are you going to bring the box of wine if we do a tailgate? Probably not. I'll be drinking beer. That's right. And right. uh three heads porter, I think. That's, yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. It's a good play. It's a good play. Fat Brown from News 8 Sports going to join us next, and we'll talk more Bills Dolphins here in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Rochester.
2: Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside
1: scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their walk on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they
2: bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink
3: what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply
2: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Bill's back
0: on the practice field today. Not practicing, however, Jordan Poyer. He's got some knee soreness around Neil and Ryan Bates were limited today. Linebacker Terrell Bernard knows the Miami
3: Dolphins are a big test. You know, they got a great offense, obviously, um, explosive uh, at all levels. They got guys that can score anytime they touch the ball. Uh, they want to get their guys open in space and, um, you know, create mismatches and things like that. So uh, we'll do, you know, what we need to do this week to, to prepare for that.
0: Tyler Bass named the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for the month of September. We'll talk to Thad Brown, News 8, joining us next year in the sports bar. Sabres, it's the third preseason game in three nights. They're in Pittsburgh tonight. On the Major League Scoreboard, there is one game with playoff implications. The Diamondbacks in the 9 trailing the White Sox 3-1. to one. Gene Taglin, the sports leader, the fan Rochester.
1: Pull up a stool and join us, 585-866-4FAN, 866 866 4326 The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia
0: on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950,
3: The Fan, Rochester.
0: You want to stop the run still, that remains the same, and then you want to affect the quarterback. Some games affecting the quarterback might be getting your hands up and tipping passes up. In some games, it might be like sacks, like last week, just getting after somebody, a quarterback that holds the ball for a longer period of time or it likes to push the ball down the field more. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to find a way to do it, win your one-on-one, and affect the quarterback in whichever way possible.
1: Buffalo Bills defensive end Greg Rousseau on ways that the defense can affect Tua Tungabailoa. It's a Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia as we look forward to Sunday's matchup between the Bills and the Dolphins to talk more about it with News 8 Sports, Thad Brown, who's good to join us here in the Sports Bar. Thad, it sounds a lot easier than it probably is, but do you think the Buffalo Bills defense, given what we've seen out of them, has what it takes to affect Tua and get him to go beyond that first read that he's he's become very comfortable making?
3: They absolutely have what it takes. You know, I think... You know, you talk to Greg Rousseau, one of the edge guys, and Leonard Floyd's been, you know, pretty good to start the year. Rousseau's been fine. But to me, it's the guys in the middle that I've been really, really impressed by. Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver are both playing at an incredibly high level. And and you know what? Daquan doesn't get the, the, the love he probably deserves. I mean, you know, Oliver's the, the high draft pick, the first-round pick, just got the big contract. You know, when Jones came to Buffalo, not even seen as a guy who, who's really a, a strong pass rusher. He was more of a, a run stopper, you know, kind of a dirty work kind of guy. And he does that very well. But he has proven to be one heck of a pass rusher as well. So when you've got an offense like Miami's where everything comes out quick – you would think that if uh, the defensive tackles, being the guys closest to the ball at every snap, would have the best shot to influence the quarterback and, and you know, kind of throw that offense off the rails. And and the Bills and, and Jones and Oliver have two really, really good do- good guys to possibly make that happen. So, I mean, look, it, is it possible? One hundred percent will the bills do it enough? You know, that's the big question.
0: Yeah. That I'm, I'm curious as to how Sean McDermott is going to play his safeties in this game. And I'm also a little concerned, uh, you know, Micah Hyde did have the interception last week, but he's still working his way back and Jordan Poyer and you forget how, you know, they're up there in age, your level of concern with the bills safeties going against this Miami speed.
3: Especially for Poyer, the level of concern is incredibly high. And, and, I have a a ton of respect for Poyer. He's a a heck of a player, you know, had a a great career, still one of the better safeties in the league. But he has proven on multiple occasions already this young season to be an absolute liability when it comes to trying to make an open field tackle. I mean, he got run around by James Cook in in a preseason practice. Jalen Warren got around him, you know, in, in the Pittsburgh preseason game. Brees Hall burned him in the, in the opener. And even this past game, you know, there was a run, I think it was Brian Robinson. Now, th- this one, at least, there's a blocker involved, but he has not been able to to be much of a match for, you know, the the better guys in the league. And and look, Jalen Warren, I respect his talent, but I don't think anybody called him one of the better guys in the league. So when you think about what Devon Achan or Raheem Mostert or even Salvin Ahmed, who might be able to do if they get loose in this game, and it's you know Poyer on an island against them, that's a real problem for the Bills. And, and I think you could probably extrapolate that to, you know, Tyreek Hill or, or Jalen Waddle putting him in on island. You know, Micah Hyde, I, I think, still has um, a lot of the same ability, but he hasn't been dealing with a hamstring injury the last two weeks. So, you know, those two guys back there um, are are, I mean, safety is exactly the correct name for the position. You know, they're they're the last line of defense. And, you know, if they're not going to be able to make plays, you know, them making a tackle is going to be the difference between a 20-yard play and a 70-yard touchdown. And in a game like this, you know, that might be the difference in a win and a loss.
1: Thad, do you think that this is the week we see Kyer Elam knowing that he's a better press guy and that Sean McDermott hasn't really used him yet this year, hasn't gotten on the field yet this year? Do you think that might be, you know, the athleticism of a guy like Kyer Elam might be a better play or better matchup against the speed of Miami's offense? We've seen him this this, uh, week for the first time.
3: See, the thing I always thought about Kyrie Elam is that I thought a guy like Tyreek Hill would be his worst possible matchup. That mm-hmm. a, a quick, fast, you know, receiver like that that can I thought he would really turn a guy like Elam inside out because Elam is he's fast, but he, he's much more physical than anything else. And you know, he's he, the one reason Elam's not been active in the first three games, or one of the reasons, is that He's physical with his hands, but doesn't move his feet very well. And when you're going against a receiver like Hill or Jalen Waddle, whose release package is off the charts, if your feet are bad, you're just going to be a penalty waiting to happen. So now, that being said, he's certainly a better size speed matchup than you know, what the Bills currently have in corner. Even even Tredavious White you know, can't match the physical profile that Elam has. But Christian Benford's been good. There's a, a lot of other reasons, like I said, why Elam has been not active at all. There's no way in the world he's going to start over Christian Benford in this game, in my opinion. Could he be active in favor of Dane Jackson just to provide that extra physical option? Wouldn't totally stun me but uh, I, I think the Bills probably feel good about the guys they have. And I would imagine Elon would still be inactive this weekend.
0: Yeah. One position where the Bills have gotten quicker is linebacker. And like you always have Milano as fast. But, Thad, going back to training camp, and every time we've had you on, we've been talking about the middle linebacker battle. And now it seems kind of silly. Like Terrell Bernard is like through three games, the real deal. So, my question is like, it's a surprise to us. Did this even surprise the Bills' coaching staff, in your
3: opinion? Uh, of course it did, because if they thought Terrell Bernard would be this good, there wouldn't have been a position battle. And, and I think the full, you know, you, you continue to move that logic forward and we probably should pump the brakes on Terrell Bernard. He had a of a week, um, you know, and and the interception was a smart play. Um, you know, he had two sacks, but one of them was a, a sack where the quarterback kind of scrambled into him, although he did blow up a, a, a pulling tight end on the play. That was impressive. And even the, the other sack that he had, was a play where you know Matt Milano does the dirty work to open up the lane for him, and then I think it's it's more great scheme by Sean McDermott frankly than it is Terrell Bernard making an uh, any sort of incredible individual play because you, you take your two fast linebackers, you're them up the same gap. And when the first guy gets picked up, the second guy has just got a wide open lane. It makes for an easy sack. You know, if they had reversed the order, it probably works out just about the same. So now don't get me wrong. I don't want to besmirch what Bernard has done. He's been, you know, as good as you possibly could have hoped for him and, you know, certainly a whole lot better with the production he had in this last game, but it's only three games, you know, and with any young guy, um, offensive coordinators are going to start looking at what, what things you can exploit, where you can get him, And, you know, when teams start making adjustments and, and generally the rule of thumb in the NFL is, you know, when you're getting ready for a game, you look at the last four games of tape. So we're still in week four with this kid, you know, next week and the week after that's when teams will start, you know, having an idea of where you might be able to beat them and, and, you know, make those changes about how to attack the Bills defense with Bernard. Then we'll get a little better read on, on where he's at as a linebacker. But you know, like I said, through three games, man, everything and more the Bills could hope for.
1: And it's funny, you know, Thad, if you look at Tua's stats from last year, the first three games are almost identical to his stats this year, the first three games, and I think that Bill's defense did kind of unlock uh, a little bit of, of, you know, got Tua off of his groove a little bit when they met early last year. Let's see if that happens again defensively for the Bills here coming up on Sunday as we continue with Thad Brown from News 8 Sports joining us here in the Sports Bar. Let's flip to the other side of the field and the Bills offense that more impressive than any thing to me has been the offensive line the last two weeks. They've completely erased the threat of any sort of pass rush against their opponent. Do you expect that they will have the same kind of success here against Miami's pass rush on Sunday?
3: I think they can, you know, and I think uh, uh, two things are happening. Number one, you know, both guards have been pretty good, whereas both guards last year were, you know, pretty questionable. Um, I think Osiris Torrance has been solid as a rookie. You know, I think there are ups and downs with him, but nothing that you wouldn't expect from a guy who's made, you know, three career starts now. The big story to me so far, I think, is Connor McGovern, and and he had just a superb game against Washington, dealing with a guy like Jonathan Allen, you know, most of the way through. I tweeted a little something, a, a little analysis from Brandon Thorne, who does Great, great work with offensive line stuff on Twitter, talking about how good of a day that McGovern had. And just taking those two spots and kind of settling them down. You don't need stars at guard, but just give me guys that won't be a headache, that won't be, oh, that guy caused the problem again. Won't force your quarterback to run all the time. And I think you're doing okay. And the Bills, I think at minimum, have that so far. And the second thing that's been happening is that Ken Dorsey the last two weeks has done a really nice job scheming up stuff to keep defensive lines and, and, you know, last week in the case of Max Crosby, you know, more occupied than usual. I mean, last week against the Raiders, they chipped Crosby so many times with tight ends and running backs and receivers. You could tell he was getting frustrated. There was a play where he lined up with a receiver to his outside. He kind of looked at it. You could see him almost like shrug his shoulders like, okay, here we go again, and decided to go outside to, to kind of deal with it. And when you get a, a, a guy thinking. Thinking more than just playing, you're already winning half the battle. They did the same thing with Washington. On the edges, they ran a lot of different blocking schemes, a lot of different styles of plays, you know, boots and draws and, and dart plays and you know all kinds of stuff to kind of keep those guys off balance. And then in the second half, the thing I really liked is that they mixed in some max protect stuff. So they, they had a couple pass plays where they blocked like eight on five and seven on four. And you know, not only does that succeed in blocking the play, but I think it also does a good job about giving your offensive line a little bit of a breather. You know, when you go into a snap thinking, well, geez, I got both tight ends and a running back helping me this time, you know, I don't have to like feel like I'm on an island against this Former first round superstar guy across from me, I, I think it's got to help out mentally. So, you know, give the coordinator, you know, a good bit of, of the credit for how good that offensive line has been the last couple weeks.
0: That Brown, News 8, our guest. If I had to rank here, like as far as uh, one through four, Dolphins' offense, Dolphins' defense, Bills' offense, Bills' defense, okay, you can make an argument for either offense being number one. What I would say would be last, though, would be Miami's. It's not that they're a bad defense, but but that this is a defense that that Josh Allen has had some success with. So I guess my question is there's no Jalen Ramsey over there, too, by the way. Do you let Josh be Josh normally, or is Sean McDermott kind of meeting with Ken Dorsey and say, hey, let's let's come up with a kind of a ball control, complementary football sort of game plan here?
3: The funny thing about that side of the game is that Miami has a new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, who is like a 180 of what the Dolphins used to do. Remember the Dolphins used to be the, the cover zero. We're going to come at you with 17 guys and our hair is on fire and you got to deal with it. And and Fangio is the opposite. You know, like that, the stat that, uh, you know, Carl Jones, my department brought up, that's a great number to think about is last year, Miami ran the least cover to kind of conservative shell defensive coverages in the NFL. The last year Fangio was in the league with Denver, he ran the most. So it just tells you how how much of a disparity there is in philosophy. So while the the guys are the same, what they're doing is different. And with this Bill's offense, there hasn't been a whole lot of quick strike this year. It's been a lot of 11, 13, 15 play drives. Well, Fangio's defense, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to go dink and dunk down the field, and then he's going to try and choke you in the red zone. So I think what the Bills have been doing is probably what they'll still be able to do because the defense will just let them do that. And then the, the question is, can they finish drives? You know, when they get down to the red zone, is it sixes or threes? You know, and, and but in terms of a game plan, I mean, I think the Bills just keep doing what they're doing because it's going to work against this defense. They're comfortable doing it and it keeps that other offense off the field. So, you know, if you can go up 35, 40 minutes at a time of possession and, and move the ball like you've been doing, why not keep just going that way?
1: Yeah, Thad, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, usually when a coordinator, a new coordinator comes in, you have to kind of look at the personnel that he's inheriting and whether or not it's a fit for the style of defense that they want to run. Do you get the sense that they have the right personnel in Miami to execute this Vic Fangio defense, or is that a weakness that the Bills might be able to exploit on Sunday?
3: Well, frankly, it's hard to tell because the Dolphins are averaging like 50 points a week. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, me and you could play defense on that team. We'd probably be fine. Yeah. So, um, you know, I want to see them now, you know, against the Patriots when they needed to have a game, you know, that was 24-17 and and, and New England scored last. So the the Miami defense did their job in that game. And, you know, no matter what, I mean, both offenses are pretty good in this one, but the defenses are going to have to make some plays. So we'll see. I mean, I would imagine that, you know, with any new coordinator, and again, with, with that much of a a philosophy change, there's going to be some issues, especially early in the season. So you might see some mistakes, um, but the Dolphins are pretty talented defense. You know, I mean they're not they're not terrible. You know, I think your rankings are probably reasonable, at least putting Miami at the bottom, Miami defense. But uh, you know, they they've got uh, Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins up front. I think their linebacker is underrated. Xavier and Howard and Javon Holland are really good in the secondary. So it's not like they, they don't have anybody on that defense. So they, they will have their own ability to make plays on that side of the ball as well.
0: That Brown News 8, uh, our guest here in the sports bar, talking about the Bills and Dolphins. One o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Thad, your thoughts uh, on Tua here? Because yes, he is off to this fantastic start, but. Still, you don't have to go back that far. I mean, just less than two seasons ago, it was Tua. Oh, my gosh. They're actually trying to trade him here for Deshaun Watson. And that fell through. And then go back to the the next offseason. Hey, we're going to bring in Tom Brady. And then that fell apart. And even go to where we are right now. He doesn't have a contract like there's some doubt there in Miami or else they would have given him the money. And I'm sure that has to deal with, OK, can you last the whole season? But but your thoughts here on, on Tua that, boy, it just doesn't seem like the Dolphins are all in on this guy.
3: I think all of that doubt is injury related. I don't think there's any hesitation when it comes to play on the field. And I've been impressed with Uh, to his ability this year to get through progressions you know last year he kind of got labeled as a first read or a one read quarterback and I think he saw a lot of that and this year you know watching him the last couple games I've seen a lot of Tua very comfortable in the pocket you can see him receiver one receiver two check down receiver one receiver two check down and when you're able to do that as a quarterback on an offense where receiver one is a lot of the time open by 15 yards to begin with that makes you really really good and and You know, there's a good chunk of the success that's Mike McDaniel, the pieces around him. But what quarterback isn't like that? I mean, Josh Allen wasn't anything until Stephon Diggs got here. And if he took Stephon Diggs out of this offense now, there'd be big questions about how good they would be. So it always, always, always is a group effort on, you know, no matter what we're talking about in football. And the Dolphins have a really good group around Tua but as a, a group that works really well with the way Tua operates the game. So any concerns about him as a quarterback to me right now are only injury-related. If you tell me right now he's going to play the next 14 games, then I put Miami right at the same level with Buffalo at minimum going forward the rest of the year. They're going to be a headache. They're going to be really good. It's just a matter of if Tua can stay on the field.
1: So, Thad, along those lines, I, I've been contending since before the season, season even started that if the Bills were to fall short against Miami here in week in Week 4 – that really it's the Week 18 game that we should all have circled because that game might actually be for the AFC East when you look at the schedules and, and how tough the division has been. Do you buy into that? Do you think that that the Bills could suffer a loss here and, and be at this point of the season essentially two games back from Miami knowing that they have a chance to redeem themselves late in the season to try and get into the playoffs?
3: Yeah, I think, look, there's a lot of season left, and, and again, You know, a lot of what Miami does hinges on how healthy Tua is. But if the Bills lose, and remember, it wouldn't just be two games back; they'd be down the tiebreaker too. Yeah. So it's really two and a half at that point. It, it would be a tall mountain to climb. But you know, you're going to be able to pick up one or even one and a half of those games in January. So all you got to do is, is you know, outplay Miami by one game for the next 13. And there's so many things that can happen between now and then. You know, I mean, what, what quarterbacks are healthy? What teams playing well? You know, when are, when are you hurt? You know when's what's the game where the Bills might be without Connor McGovern or, or what game? you know, does, you know, Matt Milano miss for a couple of weeks and, and, and that changes everything up. So look, this is not the end of the season for the build. I think, you know, mathematically, if they lose this game, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble, but you know, that they, they've been around long enough. They're, they're pretty battle tested, especially in the regular season. You know, I, I wouldn't really, you know, say one, make any definitive judgments about the division or the bills or the dolphins after this game, but certainly this week will go a long way towards, towards figuring into how all that stuff works out.
0: Is the uh, most underappreciated Buffalo Bill actually the guy that got the honor today? Tyler Bass? like when Tyler Bass goes out there, that I, I don't even like. Okay, yeah, he's going to make this kick here. Where that's not true with every team.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. Let's be fair. He he got quite fortunate to make the kick against the Jets. You know, that thing bounces off a post a different way. And, you know, we, we might not be talking about Tyler Bash in this way, but he has been an absolute, you know, home run of a draft pick for a, a team that, you know, doesn't need to rely on their kicker, but to have that guy, you know, as a weapon to where, you know, all you got to do is get, in the vicinity of the 35 yard line and you're in scoring range and, and, you know, to be able to hit that 50 yarder you know, down three, I mean, that was probably the biggest pressure kick of his career. And, and yeah, he got a good bounce, but it went in, it went in, you know, so the, the guy's been nails, um, you know, and maybe not Justin Tucker level, but certainly whatever the, the next group of kickers is, Tyler Bass is front and center in that group, at least.
1: Thad, we appreciate all the pregame coverage that you're giving us week in and week out as the Bills prepare to take on Miami. We know that continues on Sunday. Tell us about Buffalo Kickoff Live.
3: Yeah, we're gonna have it on a News Eight. It's every week at eleven thirty, um, a half hour. Myself, Josh Reed, a whole bunch of cast of characters, Matt Perino, Tim Graham on the show. It's it's a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we also uh, if you're in Buffalo or, and happen to hear this online or whatever, you know, we're on there on uh, W uh, LNO, I think it is the CW affiliate at eleven. So the full hour in total. But in Rochester, we just see it from eleven thirty to twelve, and. Great, great show to get started. And right on the field, I mean, last week we had Stefan Diggs' nephew doing a, a, an impromptu guest segment. So you never know when stuff like that might pop up because we're right there, you know, right next to where the players are warming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, young Diggs had takes there, uh, Thad. I mean, that you, sh- you should invite him uh, uh, to be a regular guest there.
3: Yeah, we we actually in negotiation with his agents talk his people talking to our people. Um yeah, I think there's a little hang up with the money, but we'll we'll get there with him. I think I'm pretty confident.
1: Appreciate all the work that you're doing, Thad doing a great job and uh thanks for the time this afternoon here in the sports bar.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that guys and thanks for
1: having me on. Yeah, there he is. Thad Brown, News Eight Sports, giving us his takes on Bill's dolphins coming up here Sunday afternoon. Yeah, this is uh I think we're ready, right? Yeah, we've been ready since Monday on this game. We've been talking about this game. We we didn't really talk about the comfortable win on Sunday against Washington. We just started talking. We were talking about this before the game in Washington, right? (laughs) The the, the (laughs) team can't do it, but we can do it. I
0: think in the fourth quarter, we were all like, okay, it's Miami here. Whoa, they just scored again at 63. Oh, they just scored again.
1: Yeah, a lot of momentum for Miami coming in. But we know that history has kind of shown that the teams that score a lot of points one week tend to come back down to earth rather hard the following week. All right,
0: Mike danger. I'm trying to put a smile on your face. White Sox did you a solid. They beat Arizona three to one. So right now you're up to the standings of the Cubbies
1: and the Marlins. uh, They're tied for the last spot. Arizona is a game and a half up now. Okay. Yeah, it's the Marlins I'm worried about. I'm not really I think Arizona's in. Arizona's finding a no, way. No, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. They play in Houston. Yeah, Houston I, I, either
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more worried about the Marlins. I'm more worried about the Cubs choking another lead against Atlanta and then having to finish the season in Milwaukee. This is bad. It's bad. Thank you for trying to, to boost my spirits, Gino. I mean, it's it's been a rough, rough September for the Chicago sports guy. I I'm just I'm really struggling. Maybe the Mets can actually win
0: tonight. Do Do is as I isn't this ironic? Yeah. Meet the Mets.
1: Let's go, you meet Spares. Stat,
0: right
2: up. losers. Hey, meet
1: the With nothing to play for. Your kiddies, Do we a solid. wife. I need it.
0: Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Because the Mets are really sucking the ball. <coughs> Knocking those home runs. Are you into it? Are you into it because I'm into it? Yeah. Listen, I'm trying to help. I, I don't like the Marlins. Who likes the Marlins? <laughs> I don't want to see the Marlins. Baseball wants the Cubs in the postseason. Uh, you think nice. they want Arizona in? You think they want the Marlins in?
1: It would be nice. Uh, quickly here, before we go to a break, let's just get to a couple of different headlines here from the NFL. We'll serve them up in bite size form, appetizer style here in the sports bar. We mentioned Tyler Bass, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. He's been a perfect seven for seven on field goals, 10 out of 10 on his extra point attempts through three weeks and getting that recognition from the NFL earlier today. Uh, and speaking of the Dolphins, It will be Jalen Waddle back on the field. He wasn't on the field for that 70 point. They didn't need him for that 70 point. Drubbing, Uh, Tua will will have his full complement of weapons. He has cleared concussion protocol. Uh, So Jalen Waddle will be a welcome addition to the uh, Dolphins lineup this weekend.
0: Yeah, we have uh, the news this afternoon. It became official: the XFL and the USFL are merging, mm. and this is going to be in time for 2024. And this is this is probably needed, but there's some things they got to untangle. But, a lot of
1: questions I have. Yeah,
0: like so, the, the, some of the markets are the same. So are you folding some teams? I, I would imagine like they both lost big time dollars. So and you have different TV partners. So let them figure it out. I do think there is a market. For spring football. If somehow they can sell the NFL, hey, can you give us a developmental player or two? Because if if there was a Bill practice squad player on a team, all of a sudden we're watching if there was some sort of affiliation.
1: Would you be watching for Andy Isabella? Yes. this spring? Oh, Andy
0: Isabella playing the role of Tyreek Hill this week. Oh, all right. The X Factor.
1: Let's hope he can do for the Bill's... uh, defense, what Kingsley Jonathan did for the Bills offense uh, last, or two weeks ago, yeah, right? I'm playing Max Crosby. That's right. Um, hey, uh, some injury updates here. Austin Eckler um, has missed the last two weeks. High ankle sprain. return returned to practice this week, and the hope is that he would, he would be um, on the field against the Raiders on Sunday. The player himself saying that it's a possibility. Now, realistically, when you look at their schedule, there's a bye week five for the Chargers, so it would make sense if they wanted to give him another week to fully heal, but the offense for the Chargers just is not the same without Austin Eckler. They're not able to run the football at all without Eckler, and if you go into that bye week at one and three, it's a little bit different than if you go into the bye week at two and two, so we'll keep an eye on that. How much did NBC play, pay Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, wait a second. If we put this on
0: TikTok, oh, oh, these oh, men, yeah. they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. No, oh, she, everything oh. about Taylor oh. Swift is
1: authentic and real. Just keep buying into everything that she does is authentic and real. Nothing is staged. Nothing is choreographed. She's as authentic and real as she didn't have a team of people. She doesn't have a, an army of people telling her where she needs to be, what she needs to be doing, everything, what she needs to say, what she needs to wear, how she needs to look. Everything about her is authentic and real. Just listen to her music, Gene. Get lost in it.
0: I'm beginning to think this is a mutual business relationship because if you're her people, hey, you know, at some point, we got to get you a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. All right, well, let's just kind of like at least this will give you some exposure and we'll sell a bunch of whatever. You know what
1: she did? Now that I think about it, she did something last Sunday, and this is the Taylor Swift that I've experienced. What else happened last week uh, in the, on the NFL's schedule? They made an announcement, big announcement. Oh, Usher. They announced that Usher was going to perform the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. Who has not done the Super Bowl halftime show? Mm-hmm. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. And who showed up at Arrowhead the weekend that they announced Usher? Who completely made Usher at the Super Bowl halftime an afterthought with one appearance? Thanos Swift showing up at Arrowhead, completely made Usher disappear. That was on purpose. I I promise you that was a sign. That was a sign to Jay-Z and whoever books the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big announcement, right? Watch what I can do. I'm just going to show up and everybody's going to talk about me for the following week and Jersey sales are going to go through the roof and your TV ratings are going to be higher than they, than you could possibly imagine. I
0: think the reaction when we heard ushers like, oh, okay.
1: Well, it would have been a lot hot. It would have been a lot louder if you didn't have Taylor Swift showing up at Arrowhead for the first time for an NFL game and everybody, oh, my God, Taylor's in the box. She's with Kelsey's mom. It's true. She's she she leaves these little crumbs for her fans to follow along and, and little cryptic messages. It's like you're in Lord of the Rings with with Taylor Swift and her Swifties. So where does she sit? She's in a box that met
0: life with who?
1: Oh, again, it's mom, Kelsey's mom again. Mama Kelsey. Yeah. Again. yeah. 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 She's got to give
0: that impression that Ooh. they're tight. Now, we can't bet on this sort of stuff.
1: 10. 10 cutaways? 10 cutaways for Taylor. Is oh, that at least. You would go over. I on would that? take the over on that. Absolutely. They're going to plaster her on their TV screens. Absolutely. 10 mentions for Collinsworth. Uh, Taylor.
0: <sighs> mm. Taylor.
1: Yeah. I, I probably would take the over on that as well. Yeah. I'm not going to bet against Taylor Swift. I will not do it. Good. That's
0: just another reason why I don't need to tune in. I think that Sunday night is going to be marital maintenance night danger, like movie, <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, like we don't yeah. need to watch football. I don't need to watch the crummy Jets and Taylor Swift. Yeah,
1: well, look, her appearance will be a shot in the arm for the viewership. Millions of Swifties will be tuning in for Sunday Night Football just upon hearing the news that she'll be present at MetLife as her Chiefs and Travis Kelsey Take on the hapless Jets. No Aaron Rodgers, no problem. Taylor Swift. To the rescue! Oh, you know now Aaron Rodgers is
0: going to want to show up on the sideline or something like. I need my time too. Here, thirsty, right? thirsty yes. Aaron
1: Rodgers. Yeah, he wasn't. Was it? Has Aaron Rodgers been around? No, he'll be there Sunday night. Yeah. You watch. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there you go. Some news notes from the NFL appetizers in the sports bar. Happy hour coming up next. Our five o'clock hour features a round of shots and last call. You can join us at eight six six four three two six eight six six four F A N here in the sports bar. And Bataglia, the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.